0: Welcome everyone. I'm Kim Christensen, and this is the Peaceful Productivity Podcast, where I share strategies to help you get the most out of your time and feel better in the process. Hi everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Peaceful Productivity Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about resilience. I was recently talking to a friend about pursuing a goal we were talking about how sometimes it's really easy for us to give up at the first sign of adversity. And why is it that some people persevere despite the adversity? And why do some of us give up? It reminded me of a passage that I often read from a book called Man's Search for Meaning by Dr. Victor E. Frankel. Dr. Frankel was a psychiatrist who lived and labored in four different concentration camps between 1942 and 1945. Throughout the book, he comes back to one of the main tenets, which is, he who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. And because I think it's really relevant to our topic of resilience as well as very inspirational, I want to read you that passage here today. So in his book he writes, "I remember a personal experience. Almost in tears from pain, I had terrible sores on my feet, from wearing torn shoes. I limped a few kilometers with our long column of men from the camp to our work site. Very cold, bitter winds struck us. I kept thinking of the endless little problems of our miserable life. What would there be to eat tonight? If a piece of sausage came as an extra ration, should I exchange it for a piece of bread? Should I trade my last cigarette, which was left from a bonus I received a fortnight ago, for a bowl of soup? How could I get a piece of wire to replace the fragment which served as one of my shoelaces? What could I do to get on good terms with the capo, who would help me to obtain work in camp instead of undertaking this horribly long daily march? I became disgusted with the state of affairs which compelled me, daily and hourly, to think of only such trivial things. I forced my thoughts to turn to another subject. Suddenly I saw myself standing on the platform of a well lit, warm, and pleasant lecture room. In front of me sat an attentive audience. I was giving a lecture on the psychology of the concentration camp. All that oppressed me at that moment became objective seen and described from the remote viewpoint of science. By this method, I succeeded somehow in rising above the situation, above the sufferings of the moment, and I observed them as if they were already of the past. Both I and my troubles became the object of an interesting psychoscientific study undertaken by myself. I love this passage. I come back to it often for inspiration In addition, I like to find the wisdom that's woven throughout the sentences. This passage is very instructive for cultivating our resilient thinking. I think about resilience as our willingness and ability to navigate adversity. I like to think of it as a muscle, a resilient thinking muscle that we can develop over time and with practice. And that's one of the reasons why I really enjoy pursuing a goal because through the pursuit of the goal, there's lots of opportunity to encounter and embrace adversity and demonstrate to myself that I can navigate it and I will become stronger as a result of it. I think this is particularly helpful when I encounter an obstacle that isn't optional. So when I'm pursuing a goal, that's something that I take on voluntarily, willingly. But life presents us with many challenges, many opportunities to navigate adversity where we don't have an option. It reminds me of Chris Hadfield's story. He's a Canadian astronaut, and in his book, an Astronaut's Guide to Life on Earth, he talks about the endless hours of training that went into becoming an astronaut and and continuing to develop the skills and strengths that he would require if and when he ever got an opportunity to go to the moon, not knowing whether or not that opportunity would ever come about. In my mind, that's the value of goal setting. It's about Developing that resilient thinking so that if and when you're ever called upon to use it, you have the confidence and knowledge that you can navigate obstacles and that they will actually make you stronger. In today's rapidly changing environment, it can feel like changes are happening fast and furious. And our ability to navigate change and handle adversity is becoming more and more important every day. In conjunction with a rapidly changing environment, we have a natural human tendency to be scanning our environment and constantly looking for and assessing for threats. It can start to feel like we are continuously adapting to change and managing our response to adversity. With some practice, I've noticed that we can develop and strengthen the resilience muscle. This resilience doesn't necessarily eliminate the fear or stress that may come about when we encounter adversity. However, it can make it more manageable. It can save us from becoming completely derailed by adversity when we encounter it the next time. And it can also help us to increase our confidence for the next time. It doesn't mean that we won't experience stress People who have suffered major adversity or trauma still commonly experience emotional pain and stress. It just means that there's more certainty over the navigation of adversity and belief in the recovery. One of the things that I think has caught me off guard in the past is the expectation that there shouldn't be adversity. I think I had this notion that if I was prepared enough that I could somehow prevent adversity. And I think this expectation caused me a lot of suffering in the past. I think resilience training can teach us to expect adversity and the lesson that we can't necessarily control what happens in our lives, but we can always control our response to it. I think this belief helps to foster our belief in ourselves and our abilities to navigate and adapt to change. We can't predict or control the future, but we can control how we show up when we're presented with a challenge. And this, I find to be the most empowering idea in terms of resilience and managing adversity. Rather than giving all of my power over to the circumstance or the external event I take back control and manage how I'm showing up and how I'm navigating through that situation. That's a very empowering place to be. It reminds me of a time when I used to be terrified of flying. This was occurring at a time when I was required for my work to fly quite frequently. The time leading up to every flight was spent in a lot of anxiety when I thought about it. Or... Anxiety that would come up at the most inopportune times when I tried to push it aside. Of course, when I tried not to think about it, that's when I thought about it the most. I would even have nightmares about it. By the time the flight arrived and I boarded the plane, I was feeling something that was closely resembling panic or terror as we got prepared to take off and through the actual takeoff I would feel completely out of control and not facing that fear meant that the very next flight, I would have the exact same experience. And what made it even worse was when I was told by other people or even my own brain that this was an irrational fear, that statistically speaking, there was more opportunity for an accident in a car than there was on a plane. Those types of thoughts led me to feeling judgment about my fear and caused me to feel badly about the fear itself. So I was increasing my suffering on top of what was already happening. So I was already feeling out of control around the fear and then I put judgment on top of it, which just made me feel more out of control. Developing my resilience increased my confidence And it also increased my agility in terms of managing fears and eliminating the self-judgment. In order to move through that fear, what I found most effective was turning towards it instead of pushing it down or pushing it aside and definitely not judging it or judging myself. Over time, practicing resilience around flying has enabled me to manage it more effectively and to stop beating up on myself for having that fear in the first place. I think the biggest benefit to developing resilient thinking is the ability to venture out of the comfort zone. I think when we're afraid of encountering adversity, we're more likely to hide inside the comfort zone. However, once we strengthen that muscle, we find that we're not as tentative about coming out of the comfort zone and taking calculated risks. And that's really where our growth and our success lives is on the outer reaches of our comfort zone. So the question becomes, how do we cultivate that resilient thinking? I think it's a practice. And I think the first practice that helps to develop our resilient thinking is to make meaning out of the adversity. Much like the passage that I read at the beginning of the podcast, creating meaning above and beyond the struggle can help to create a purpose which will compel us forward through the adversity instead of driving us back. In fact, that was the reason that I was drawn to coaching was I was learning So many different things as a result of navigating adversity that I wanted to share and coach others on encountering the same sort of things. I'll often ask myself, what can I take away from this situation that I can share with others to help them navigate something similar? When we can create meaning out of adversity, that meaning can give us a purpose and help to move us forward. Another practice that can help to cultivate resilient thinking is managing my perspective. When I remind myself that my brain is wired to scan the environment for threats and seek out negativity, it helps me to remember that it's a natural survival mechanism that's hardwired into my brain. And it helps me to have compassion for myself instead of judging myself. And when I have compassion for myself, that's when I become more open and willing to explore other perspectives. Being willing to explore other perspectives helps to remind me about the choices that I have and helps me to shift my focus to a solution orientation rather than fixating on the problem and giving all of my power over to the problem. I can shift my perspective and feel more empowered. Another thing that can really help support our resilience is cultivating a support network. Actively connecting with empathetic and understanding people can remind you that you're not alone in the midst of difficulties, focusing on trustworthy and compassionate people who will validate your feelings. It's important to ask for and accept support, from those who care about you. Joining a group of people who share a common interest can be a great source of support and provide a sense of purpose or joy. We can also get help from a therapist or a coach. Seeking professional help from a therapist can help when you're unable to function as well as you'd like or when you find yourself unable to perform basic activities of daily living. If you're feeling stuck or you'd like to up-level your success and you're interested in developing your emotional agility, coaching can be a great resource. It's a great reminder that we're not able to control all of our circumstances, but we can learn how to refocus, develop our ability to interpret emotional cues and respond in a way that serves us and those around us. And that leads me to the last practice around creating and cultivating resilient thinking. This is a practice inspired by coaching. And I think that a researcher named Lucy Hone articulated it best when she said that she asks herself the question, is this helping me or is this harming me? The way that I use this question is, When I'm pursuing a certain line of thinking or making a decision in the face of adversity, I'll ask myself that question. Is this something that's helping me or is it harming me? My brain can become very invested in figuring out what the right solution is. As if there's a right solution and a wrong solution. And this question helps break me out of that fixed mindset and helps me to create a more compassionate mindset, where it doesn't matter if I'm right or wrong. Is it something that's serving me or is it harming me? This is particularly helpful when I'm feeling emotions like frustration, resentment, anger, decision fatigue, those types of things. I think I'm more apt to pursue them when I'm unintentional, But when I'm feeling intentional, and I ask myself that clarifying question, it can provide me with a sense of direction. It's not necessarily an easy thing to do, especially when we're so invested in the right and the wrong of it, but it is entirely possible, and it can free us from that constrained tunnel vision that we get when we're under stress, and we're not seeing a lot of options, and we're really invested in right and wrong, That's when that question becomes particularly helpful in breaking us free from that, exploring other options and presenting ourselves with more choice. It can cut through the disempowerment and create empowerment for ourselves, especially when we're under stress. So in summary, today we've talked about four different practices that can help to create and cultivate your resilient thinking. Those four practices included acceptance, Acceptance that there will be adversity and we can't necessarily predict or control what happens to us, but we can control how we show up in a given situation. The next was a practice of self-compassion. Understanding that we are wired for negativity and assessing the environment for threats can help us to understand feelings like fear and distress and validate them when they come up. The third practice was finding meaning in adversity. And then the last was creating a support network. A group of compassionate and empathetic people who can help remind you that not only can you survive, but you can thrive. If you are looking for further resources on this topic, I'll invite you to check out my website, financialwellnesscoach.ca. Take care, everyone.